The car business is rapidly changing and modern car dealers are meeting the demand. I'm Michael Cirillo, and together we're going to explore what it takes to create a thriving dealership and life in the retail automotive industry. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with subject matter experts that are designed to help you grow. This is The Dealer Playbook. Thanks so much for joining me on The Dealer Playbook. We have the unique advantage of being partners and we get to work with your store. So much fun. You're always a delight. I love the animated GIFs that I get <laughs> in emails. In fact, we were driving here and I, I think I sent you the Nacho Libre, kind of the like yes, slow yeah. smile. And I, <laughs> I turn to my wife and I'm like, see, this is why I love clients like this because they get it. And I, I know he's going to send me one back at some point. And I just, I love it. Tell us a little bit about the situation of your stores working for Mr. Jack Frost. That is actually his name. That is his name, legal name. Um, how many dealerships? So we have three rooftops, two franchises. Okay. So, and are you primarily at the used operation pre-owned? I'm at the, our main organization is at the Kia store, okay. at the main franchise. Then we manage all outside of there. So you and I were just chatting and I was like, what are you vibing on? What do we want to talk about? I went the safe route of like, let's talk marketing, let's talk whatever. But also, you know, people that have been following the dealer playbook for a while know that there's only so many ways you can talk about that stuff Hmm. and that this is a people business. And it doesn't matter what conference you go to. We always talk about this is a people business. But we never connect the dots of what does that actually mean? It sounds nice coming out of our mouths. What does it actually mean? You said the last three books you've read are all about mental health. And I'm like, we need to talk about that because that is an aspect of our lives in this industry. And it's a it's a topic that is near and dear to me. Just off camera, we got my son Dallin. He knows. Wits off camera here. She knows, you know, my journey in overcoming my mental health challenges and what it took to get healthy what what is it about those books first of all what were the books and what are some of the things that stood out to you and why do you think that's important in not just your role at the dealership but just in everyday life yeah i mean people like to say in business that it's it's not it's not it's business not personal and we know now i think most of us are getting to the culture point where we realize that's antiquated and wrong quite frankly right and you know, if if people are your greatest asset, people are broken, and uh, and e- almost every child ha- has a history of dealing with something tough, even if it's not perceived as tough. It was tough for them. Life goes on, and nobody's equipped, especially at younger ages, to deal with tragedy, uh, trauma, and all these kinds of issues. Not that we're trying. Like I hate when people try to say, "Oh, well, now like we're trying to make everyone soft." Well, that's not it. Right. I I really do think that. I have the privilege of having a type of personality where people open up to me. And I learned very early that that's a gift. And I've taken that into, you know, I, I was halfway through a master's in counseling until the car business changed my life and transitioned me to stay in the car business wow. and stop that career path. So, but I still use, you know, the temptation is to view that as a failure. I didn't finish something. I quit. Right. But instead it's been a tremendous gift because I get to use those things those skills every day with our employees, 
Right now I'm reading Caroline, Dr. Caroline Leaf's book, How to Clean Up Your Mental Mess, which she wrote in 21. A huge fan of her and all the research she's done in neuroscience. Uh, just the fundamental part that every thought, which you think is a singularity, is really, she illustrates it as a tree. It has emotions and memories attached to it, sometimes up to thousands, up to a tree trunk that's in the subconscious that you're not super aware of, but that's your perspective. Maybe maybe good perspectives usually can be bad perspectives, like the lies you believe, and then all the roots that are unconscious, the things that you have no idea until someone like Danelle or a high-powered person can pull that honesty out of you with some really cut to the chase questions right yeah like just let's get at the root of the issue let's rip this band-aid off and let's just examine it with a different lens i love that how do you from your vantage point now coming into dealership there's so many different personalities Mm. some conflict with one another (laughs) there's a lot of ego there's lots of vibrato peacocking if you will yeah how does your understanding or your desire to understand and certainly your background in studying to become a counselor shift the lens by which you deal with the the different personalities at the store there's a there's an amazing story i have with that we did a personality i love personalities we did a personality assessment with our management team like three years ago and and then we did an exercise we paired with opposite type personalities and and i was with miss holly and she to describe her in a small way She's one of those that is just filled with joy, is a sunshine into the room, and and nobody has anything bad to say about her ever. So partnering right. with something like right. that, that would be amazing, right? Right. Well, that wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> so the exercise was build a Lego, a small Lego structure. And one person had the leg, you say back to back, one person had Legos, one person had instructions. And I realized very quickly that she did not speak my language. I'm I'm an emo- emotional personality coupled with an analytical side. Right. And so and she's, you know, horseshoes and rainbows and unicorns and Right. Anyway, long story short, she the way she described all the things made no sense. And I learned really fast that uh, with the growing frustration in just a simple exercise in the in the business world when she communicates something, now I I think Legos because otherwise my frustration with my lack of understanding of what she's telling me she'll feel that she'll sense it she's like why is he mad at me he's this i didn't do anything and then she'll her anxiety raises and she'll make less sense and and in that we have two people who um are not combative or confrontational humans now having a conflict totally unintentionally just because of communication barriers so that one exercise now anytime we speak i think lego and i ask specific questions with no frustration because i know i need to just bridge that gap how do you reconcile that against like i'm guilty of this wait will be the first one to tell you i have this desire to help people grow Where sometimes, though, as a leader, that becomes a fault because I hang on to them mm-hmm. longer than I should. So how do you reconcile that? And by the way, I think I'm better at it. I've gotten a lot better at it. Actually, last night we were chatting and she goes, you know, I was talking about, I'm like, I think I've grown as a leader. She's like, I've seen your growth as a leader. And I think most people would be offended by that, like especially in a leadership position. And I'm actually flattered by that, that somebody saw me shift or change but 
to, to the question, how do you reconcile that against this, this, the methodology in business of hire slow, fire fast? Mm-hmm. Like, how do I know when is the, like, dang, I got to let them go. How do you know when that is? And if it's just not you seeing their personality properly and communicating effectively? That I'll admit that is one of my limitations too. I, uh, I'm so positive. I want to, I want to always, I see their potential Right. And their potential, even if never reached, I still see it. And the possibility that they may someday get there will sometimes hinder me from doing what's necessary. Right. And so what I've started to push myself more towards is I've introduced structure in into clear expectations. Not always, um, you know, we recently tried this actually at our dealership the sales and the business development center, we had specific metrics and we wrote it all out, you know, just so the employees and management were on the same page. And it was like, if you don't do this, the first consequences here, second month, this is the, you know, and just on and on really structured, really easy. It took, takes the burden off both sides. Right. But here's what it did. It created a a culture of anxiety. I don't want to say fear because that's probably too strong of a word, but for those that really knew, they already knew people know when they're not living up to whatever, right? They probably are their own worst critics and they already hate themselves. So you constantly smacking them with a measuring stick every, every month with a, with discipline, um, in our case, wasn't, wasn't helpful, wasn't constructive, um, particularly to those personalities. Right. So this, the start of this year, uh, I made it more ambiguous again. I took all the structure away and let them know the, the, the themes that I was looking for. The easy way to put is effort, output, and that the top is attitude. Attitude is non-negotiable. Every day you need to have one of the th- two of the three on the triad. But if you're having a particularly horrible day, attitude is non-negotiable. And then the last bit for me is it doesn't make any sense to hold one bad day against someone. So I look for patterns in people. and. And then as a responsibility, so that's the, that's the employee side. The last thing I'll say is on the management side, there's this temptation when it comes to people you're frustrated with to lean away because you're annoyed, you're frustrated, you're afraid you might say something hurtful right. because out of your frustration or anger right? or just thinking, what, what good is it going to do anyway? Yeah. Uh, at that point, you, you failed. Right. So in those moments, you feel that you have to lean in and first start with, are you okay? Is there anything I can do to help with you? And a lot of times you'll find out that something's going on. You didn't even, you can't even fathom. Right. If, and then once you do that, you can start to really ratchet in the accountability after you built the foundation of that you actually care, which sounds elementary, but that's not easy to do. Um, yeah, I love that. It's, you kind of brought it back around to, I need to make sure I'm okay so that I can take care of others. Because I think, I think, you know, my biggest struggle with business culture, let's call it, is, oh, you know, just be a better leader. What does that even mean? Oh, you know, I'm a good leader. I hold my team accountable. Yeah. Except for you have disgusting bad behavior and habits yourself. Who are you leading? Who is watching you? What are you demonstrating for others? Um, and so I love how you brought it back around to the leadership thing. I love conversations like this because I believe the the more vulnerable we can be and the more open we can be to having these types of combos, this is actually what moves the industry forward. We can only talk about how to move metal so many ways till Sunday before it's like, it's all the same crap. 
this is why, I mean, this morning we're at 800%. Grant Cardone walks into the room unannounced. He doesn't want to talk about selling cars. No. He does want to talk about real estate, but I mean, mazel tov, because like the dudes knows how to do it. But when you really read between the lines, he's like, get yourself straight so you can help other people get straight. That's right. Take ownership, self-accountability, good behavior. And thanks so much for for taking the time to join me today. It's always great to get to hang out with you in person. Why don't you give a quick shout out for all of the dealers that are now listening and curious where they can find you online? Where can they get in touch with you? Hmm. That's a good question. Uh, I work at Roper Kia in Joplin, Missouri. So love because usually people <laughs> are hard. trying to sell something. They're like, you can go to all my socials. You yeah, can I don't. Good. I, don't I don't have that. I don't have that. I yeah. I'll be honest, and I'll put it out there. Danelle challenged me a long time ago to do a blog or something yeah. to where I can because I'm passionate about these these kinds of things. And I'll say one thing about what you just said. I had an employee pass away from COVID about 18 months ago. Oh, damn. and he was 26, and that was hard. And less than 45 days after that, I had a woman I hired. She was 78 and she was the most spry. You would have thought she was 57. She was incredible. (laughs) Had this amazing voice. And on on the phone, she was just spectacular. Had her for a month and she fell in her house on her day off and uh, she survived, but she hit her head, had a brain bleed and that was it. And so those, those two things happened back to back. And... I'm not disillusioned to think that I was going to magically be okay. But here's the thing. My main motivator to go see a therapist, which I already knew the value of, by the way, was going to be one. one. Right. It was going to be one. So (laughs) here's the thing. My motive, I like to be internally motivated. I'm wired that way. I'm fiercely that way. And I couldn't do it. My motivator at that time had to be external. I had to do it for them. The people that were counting on me personally and professionally, the accountability of that was so heavy. I was like, I got to get straight because I'm not okay. And if I keep stuffing this and hiding this, it's going to be Armageddon either. You have to deal with it either way. You deal with it now or you deal with it later. And I wasn't okay with the potential consequences of the latter. So I completely agree with you. Wow. And that's real. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Thanks for joining me. I'm Michael Cirillo, and you've been listening to the Dealer Playbook Podcast. If you haven't yet, please click the subscribe button wherever you're listening right now. Leave a rating or review and share it with a colleague. Thanks for listening.